Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fitz Nation. Happy to chat with my good friend, Hawaiian Dan Ige, on the show today. Um, Just a quick announcement off the top about the show. I have been, as you know, if you've been listening to the past several episodes, chopping them up into part one and part two just to stretch out the content because I couldn't get an episode out every week. And uh, I wanted to come out with something fresh every week. So I thought part one and part two, cool, less than a half hour each. Um, maybe get some more people to, to click onto it to see because, you know, you don't always want to click on something that's over an hour. Um, this one's under an hour. And I'm going to go back to releasing one episode at a time in its entirety. Um, and what I'm going to do is probably come out with an episode every other week. Uh, In the future, if I can manage the schedule and and manage my UFC workload and all those sorts of things and come out with an episode every single week, then you know I'll do that. Hell, maybe in the future I can come out with multiple episodes in a week and make it more of a a talk show, radio kind of thing where we're just pumping out a bunch of stuff. But for now, uh, with the workload at the UFC, with my editing time, with other things that I'm doing with my family and other, you know, we only have so many hours in a day, right? And we all have the same hours and we got to choose how to spend them. So anyways, episodes coming out in their entirety, look for them every other week for the time being, and uh, I'll keep coming up with uh, good stuff. And maybe, you know, this can be more consistent. I thought about doing a season approach, you know, one episode per week for 15 weeks in a row, take a bit of time off, but I think this will be the best approach, at least for now. This is my own little uh, fun hobby project type of thing, so um, I'm an army of one, and I get to call the shots. I love all of you guys for listening, and I'm glad you enjoy these long-form interviews with these great fighters and um, you know the connections that I've made just through these chats with these fighters has been invaluable to my work, and uh, I think we've gotten a lot of gold out of these UFC fighters in terms of how they approach their careers, how they approach improving in life, uh, how they take losses, how they celebrate the wins, and what ultimately keeps them going and keeps them at the top of their sport. So without further ado, Dan Ige, new father, we get into that, his son Bam, what a name, and uh, his last fight against the Korean Zombie, what he learned from that, and then looking forward, what he expects out of his career, both as a fighter and in the future, as a fight manager, 50K management coming up. We talk about that at the end of the interview. All right, let's get to it. Dan, 50K Ige on the show. It was a pleasure to talk to him, and here he is on Fitz Nation. <laughs> All right, we got Dan Ige on the show. Dan, how are you? I'm great. Uh, thank you for having me back. It's been a while since we really got to sat down and chat. I know. Remember that first one? Uh, yeah. Your mom had just moved to Las Vegas. Yep. It was right before you fought in Greenville, uh, wow. and this podcast was, uh, you know, just a few months old at that point. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed getting your story. If you want the story, then go back and listen to that one. My podcast, Dan, has turned from like book report on your life into um, let's get inside the mind a little bit um, because you said I want to revisit some things in that one, and, and you said some interesting things that have stuck with me. Um, I want to start though. Kyle Reyes. Yeah. Passed Sad. away. I mean, can you tell me the story behind this? Because all of a sudden I saw Cody Stamen and you and Eric Nixick and everybody connected to Extreme Couture putting out like send prayers. Like it seemed very sudden. It was crazy because I, when I first heard about it, like I heard he was in a coma 
is right after I don't know the full story. I heard he got bicep surgery. He uh and he went home and Coach Eddie found him unconscious in his room because they're roommates and he took him back to the hospital and they induced him into a coma because he had fluid in his lungs and so I knew like I knew he was fighting and you know, I, I, I made a post, some prayers, this and that. And then just recently, the day of, the day that I found out, I made another post because I seen Cody Stamen. Yeah. Um, he made a little video and I, I reposted it to support. And I, I had not known, you know, the news. And literally, uh, like 10 minutes after I reposted that, Eric called me with the news. And man, it's just, it's, uh, it's a hard time you know it's it's sad it's it's crazy because that that could be me that could be anyone like Kyle's a healthy kid that he was a great dad you know great role model just someone you can always rely on in the gym and you know I it makes me kind of feel bad because I didn't have like a big relationship with him outside of the gym but in right. the gym, he's like he's the go-to guy like this guy would give you a look for anybody and he's just such a sweet kid and always had his daughter in the gym who's yeah. watching his biggest fan. And, you know, that's, that's what guts me the most, just obviously being a dad now and, you know, leaving your kid behind. It's just, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard on everyone. And, but I hope it, it'll make everyone stronger. You know? Yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much, you know, this is not a pleasant thing to talk about and I don't want to make th- this a long standing thing, but when some, when something like this happens, like what, what does your mind go to? first in terms of thinking about your life i mean my first reaction i i didn't know how to react obviously it's like you don't believe it and then then it hits you later and you know you don't know what to feel you don't know how to like cry you don't know how to process and but also just makes you realize how fragile life is like i mean i could i could die driving to the gym i could get hit by a semi-truck you know i mean just life is just can be taken away from you like that so I don't know, man. It, 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 it really just makes you try to appreciate every minute and every hour you have, you know, the world is, I feel like in this day and age, like we're just so divided and by politics and vaccines and this and that. And it's just like, but we take for granted our life that we have. And like, we're, we're super fortunate. Like for me and you to be talking right now on like face to face over, zoom like that's like we're we're in a good place like we're you know life is good and i i think we just have to think about that and appreciate the every second we do have on earth because it can be taken from you healthy or not deserving Mm -hmm. or not it could just be taken from you like that so i don't know man it if anything it just it inspires me because i was in a little hello yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I X out. Oh, no um, worry. It's just inspiring, man, because like I was in a little mental funk for a little bit after my last fight. But like when I think back to it, it's like about like why? Like why would I be in a negative mindset? Why would I be in the down place? And I because my life is good and I'm blessed and I have a beautiful family and everyone's healthy and so yeah, it definitely changed my perspective on on life. Yeah, we do a lot. I I fall into this trap. I consider myself a happy person. Um, but you touched on something there. We focus on what divides us. You know, and it doesn't have to be 
vaccines and politics. Sometimes it's you know, what we choose to eat, who we cho- what we choose to spend our time doing, like, you know, and we focus on these things of like, I don't know, do, do you fall into that trap sometimes? I find myself just this small part of my brain and I just have to smack myself in the head. Stop judging everything, dude. Like we're all on the, you know, we're all doing, doing our lives at the same time in this uh, time in history. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. It's like you were in reality. I mean, it all comes down to just focusing and not being selfish, but focus on what you can control, what you put in your body. Don't like let someone else's point of view, like, you know, change you or don't cause the, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It's you know, a tough thing to put your finger on. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. So. But I think what you, the, the overarching thing of focus on how we can all help each other and be the same instead of what divides us all and uh, how we're all different because we're, you know, yeah. we're far more alike than different. All right. Let's go to happier things. Bam, Ige is the little guy. I want to know who came up with the name Bam. Um, it's funny. Savannah's dad, Savannah's dad actually... He called him Bam Bam from day one before we even knew if it was a boy or a girl. Like as soon as our parents knew that Savannah was pregnant, he just started calling him Bam Bam. I don't know because Flintstones, like yeah, sure, little buff baby, oh, like God, his right. parents are athletes. You know, his parents are superheroes. So we were um, obviously then we found out the sex and the gender and. So we were thinking about names, praying about names. The mom wanted Savannah's mom wanted, I don't know, Jeremiah or some Bible, like Bible names. And, yeah. you know, we're like, okay, you know, that's a good name, but I don't want to be like, we want something different. And then we kind of thought back to Bam Bam. I was like, regardless, he's going to be Bam Bam to his, to his grandpa. So we, uh, we just narrowed it down to Bam and it's different. I, I only know a few people. I know Bam Margera and right that's about it <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah we just we stuck with him bam Ige, you know dan Ige, bam Ige. it's just kind of a little legend in the making yeah man that's awesome it's a, a fighter's son's name Dude, you know Andy, what i mean all he does is hammer like he just hammer fists he's, all start- like, he's, <laughs> he's starting he's, it he's living up to his name so but, you know alan joe band's son is named cage I thought that's cool too. You know what I mean? It's it's badass. Keep it in the family. Um, A lot of the narrative when we talk to fighters who become dads, right? Um, There's a lot of fighters that become dads during their UFC careers, like in your case. And generally you hear um, the themes of like what it does. I know we're only a couple of months in for you, but what has it done? Um, You know, it's it's been... I have good and bad things to say. I mean, not necessarily bad things, but things I could take away and learn from. You know, when I, going into the Gavin Tucker fight, I was, I knew I was becoming a dad. So I was very motivated in that sense to where I'm going to do everything and do everything right and make a statement, come out healthy and be there for the birth of my child. Like that was my, that was my goal and my mindset when we got the Korean zombie fight offer, um, I got the offer to fight zombie maybe three days before my son was born. And I mean, obviously it's like, I, I told Sean, I was telling, I was like, man, this is a great opportunity. I was like, my kid's going to be here any day. I don't, I don't know how my life's going to be. 
and I got good notice, maybe like 12 weeks. He like yeah. week head up and it was just like, Hey, main event. Okay. Ran in, talked to Savannah. I was like, babe, great opportunity. You know, if I don't do this, like someone else is going to take this from me. And like, for me, winning that fight meant everything because that, that was my path to the title. That was, everything was to come after that fight. And I kind of put myself there already. So went back, called Sean. Okay. It's, it's a deal. Let's do it. And that whole, that whole camp, that was probably, yeah. Son was born. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easter morning. So I took, I didn't really start my camp till about eight weeks out, but I took about three weeks to just kind of go through sleepless nights and go through. Yeah. I didn't want to just leave Savannah in the dark and Thankfully, I had my mom helping out a lot, and she was helping out at nights. And But when I hit that eight-week mark, I kind of just separated myself. I let Bam and mom, I mean, Savannah and my mom handle that. And I was dad when I came home from training, but I was just so focused on doing everything right because I didn't want to lose an hour of sleep because an hour of sleep takes away from my performance. And I probably had one of my best camps as far as performance like best sparrings best everything but i put so much emphasis on like providing whereas like i'm providing regardless you know but i put so much emphasis like i'm doing this for bam i'm doing that like i'm gonna do this do that and i trained super hard got in the best shape ever fight night felt great but i was so dialed in like i'm doing this like i kind of strayed away from from the game plan of winning to like, I got to try super hard to, to knock this guy out and provide like, that was my mindset. Even throughout round five, like I got to try to knock this guy out so I can put on a big show and provide. Yeah. Instead of just focusing on the win or the game plan. So, you know, good takeaways from that. And <clears throat> after that fight it was, was hard. Cause I, I didn't do that. So I, I also felt like I failed I failed as a dad. I failed as a, you know, what I set out to do. Right. So I was in a, you know, I was in a mental funk for a while. Like, I mean, I was injured too, so I couldn't really train. So I was out of the gym. My whole identity role as a fighter was just kind of gone because I, now I'm just dad. And I just felt like a regular person. I didn't, for, for about six weeks, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I mean, I lifted weights here and there, did some like dad bod stuff, dad mm-hmm. bod workouts, but I didn't, um, I had nothing to do with the gym or the, the MMA community. I, I wasn't really paying attention to social media. And then, yeah, about six weeks into it, I'm like, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what am I like, what am I doing? I, I just felt like, I felt like I didn't know, like, I didn't, I felt I lost the identity of a fighter almost. <laughs> and <clears throat> sorry. I, so yeah, I, I, you know, I started going back to the gym, but just couldn't get it back. When I went back, my first day actually gave me a little confidence because I was like, oh, I'm still one of the, I, I could still do this. Like, right. still one of the best in the world. But I just didn't have that uh, fire really to keep going because I got sucked into this new life of, just being a full-time dad yeah, and trying to help Savannah out because she wants to get back to working out and stuff. But yeah, it wasn't honestly till recently I went out to California and just kind of had a mental reset and got to really sit down and focus on 
and narrow things down to like, okay, what really matters? And I don't know, I got, I got that mental fire back again and I think that's super important, but, um, now I just got to get in shape. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. So, so in the fight with zombie, yeah. you think the issue was you went external in terms of your a little motivation? Bit. Like, cause, cause I know you to be somebody who's, uh, in the past, it was always your, your motivation just came from within. It just came from your desire to, to compete as hard as you can. And, and what I'm hearing is that it started being about something outside of you. And yep. so how, how would you describe kind of, you, you nailed it. I mean, 100%, I've always had that internal drive, like motivation was never a question. Mental toughness was never a question. And I made it external. Like I forced an external motivation upon myself that I didn't need, but I felt like I had to, I don't know. I'm sure other dads can probably relate, mm-hmm. but especially becoming a dad and going into your first fight or any competition, it doesn't have to be fighting, but I'm sure someone out there can relate with that. I just, I realized I was like, I don't need this external motivation or I'm, I, I deal very well with pressure, like pressure from fans, pressure from critics, pressure from media, pressure from, from the company, pressure from whatever. But I put this crippling self-pressure on myself that I how had. Did it, yeah. How did it manifest? Like, how would you describe the feeling of this different pressure that was tougher to deal with? I was very emotional, you know, like for the, so every time I fight, I always have like a, I don't have like a ritual or routine, but usually in the back, when I get my good warm up in, I, when I'm done, like I have like 10 minutes to cool off before I make the walk. You know, I kind of get in like a little pace state, like I'm in the zone, I'm in the flow and I'll, I'll go the, go into the bathroom sometimes. And like, I'll talk to myself, I'll talk to myself in third person, like Dan, you're a bad motherfucker, Dan, like you're going to. You know, no one, no one can beat you. And that's like the mindset I get in. And I did that this fight and I was talking to myself and I started like crying kind of, I was, and it wasn't like a a sadness, but I was crying because I was already, my mindset was crazy going into this fight uh, because I, I did not accept the fact or the reality that it was possible to lose. I had I had a hundred percent confidence I was winning the fight no matter what mm-hmm. I was I felt that. And so when I was talking to myself, like it was almost like a like I started crying out of like like happiness, like like I already won. I already won. And that would I guess, you know, that that took away from the fight itself. It took away from the moment, it took away from the flow state because I wasn't hundred percent there in that moment. And because I made it, you know, I made it an external thing. And some people need external motivation. Some people need money to drive them or fame to drive them or something along those lines, family, children, whatever. It's not something I ever needed. So yeah, I, but I had to experience that to realize that. And understand yeah. that. Um, have you watched back the fight? Yeah, I didn't watch. I watched it the night of. Yeah. I was emotional and then I, I uh, didn't watch it for about a month and then I watched it again. I was like doing stationary bike. I put it on. I don't know. I, I get mad at myself every time. Like I, 
because it's like little mistakes you make and you just like, oh, you I'm I'm sure it would be the same maybe if you watch like some of your old like you watch commentating oh. work and you'd be like, yeah, Oh, why sure. did I say that? Like right. you uh same thing, you know, I was just right. watching, I get frustrated. Obviously, there's things I can take away from the fight, good yeah. positive things and you know, some other holes that I can fix and improve on, but it's just I didn't fight, you know, it was zombie fought a hell of a fight, a smart fight, you mm-hmm. know smart fight to win he didn't have anything to prove he's already proved himself yeah when you watched it um though and obviously we all think of mistakes that we can correct when we're watching something back commentary i mean i don't generally go back and study my game i probably should more often Mm -hmm. than i do honestly but uh like what i'm wondering is when you watched it back are you thinking if i had a different mindset i would have done better or are you looking at the physical kind of shouldn't have you know change levels there that type of thing yeah a little more of the physical technicality yeah. who knows if my mind you're not putting back yeah it's you know it's just quantify like, i don't I, i'm not going to make an excuse for it um i i'm just being real with my emotions and my mentality going into it but from a technicality like he was he was better he beat mm-hmm. me in areas where like i should have been better and it's like the little details that, especially in that top five echelon, like that matter. Um, so I don't know. I, I had good things in that fight, but I also, you know, a lot of things I beat myself up for it. So yeah, all I can do is get better. You know, I'm yeah. still young and you know, I think I got to run at this. So just getting better and I'm in a good, good mental state right now. So what was it like? Because the cameras were following you around um you know for for destined and that means after the fight you know and they they kind of came out the clips on social media of yeah. uh, going home to see bam what was that like to like be able almost to be able to relive it and have everybody else able to live it along with you yeah i mean it's like in a way like when, when they're there all the cameras are there like it's kind of it kind of sucks because it, it takes away from like, you can't really be like, I don't know, open up a hundred percent like be, do everything you do. But it's just like, you almost like you have the cameras following you. So you, you know, you do some clips and they ask you questions and then they're just kind of constantly in your face. They're not super, they, they weren't, they're were actually really cool about it and like gave me my space when I needed space. But m- my m- mindset was like, this is, something cool I, i'm going to be able to show my you know my kids when 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 they're grown up like yeah. they'll be able to look back at this so i didn't i didn't like think too bad about it in a negative way um i just tried to be in the moment at the time yeah but after the fight was obviously a little hard because i i just all i wanted was savannah and bam and my mom and my friends I didn't want to like really talk to anyone. So that was hard and it was emotional for me and they were cool about it. They just came by, you know, they said they don't, they don't want to bug us too much. They got a couple clips and build, but I mean, I thought, I think it's cool. Like it showed the raw emotion. It shows like, yeah. Hey, you know, this, a lot of people only see the, the win and the loss, but they don't, they don't see the aftermath. They don't see like, it's cool to see zombie side celebrating. Like, Hey, we got a big win. Here we are. Yeah. But then you see the other side, like, yeah, this, this sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, you know that I'm a big fan of yours. And um, so I hated seeing you 
like in that, I, I wanted better for you that, that occasion, but I thought the same thing. I was just like, Bam's going to grow up and this clip is going to be there. Yeah. And, uh, and you're going to have that clip with you sitting with Eric as your coach and kind of figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't we be able to learn from all that sort of stuff if we could watch some of our, our sad moments and coming out on the other side. So I know that you're going to come out on the other side and yeah. that clip will be of value. That, that content will be of value to you. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, it really will be to be honest. I mean, if I watch it right now, I'd probably get emotional. Yeah. Just man, it's just experience. Like I now looking back at it, like I've got so much experience. Like I've went 25 minutes with zombie number one of the best guys in the world. I went yeah. 25 minutes with Calvin Cater. I went 15 minutes with Edson Barboza. I went 15 minutes with Kevin Aguilar, Mersad Bechtick. Like that's money in the bank. Now I'm like, I'm, I'm up there now. I yeah. just got a lot of experience. I've lost a lot. I've won a lot. I've, I've learned a lot and, um, I'm better because of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to just, I could have just, you know what? I made it pretty far. I had a good run. I could just walk away. Like, but I, I, I don't feel that. I feel like I have a lot more in me. I have a lot more to prove, not just for people, but for myself. I, I think I can improve in a lot of areas. I feel like I've, I've kind of learned on the job. I've gotten mm-hmm. better on the job and, um, I've gotten better fight to fight. I don't think I've ever went into a fight and not been better from the previous fight. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Really the, the fight game. game is, is unforgiving too. It's an unforgiving business. And, uh, I just want to clarify. So Bam is how old? He's like four months old. Uh, five months and five months. Yeah. So, so he was born and you had this fight, you know, on the horizon. And I think, um, you'll, I feel like over the years, you'll, you'll take this in and understand it even more. Right. Um, as you kind of grow into being a dad, even like my son just turned six and God damn, if I'm a way different person than six years ago. And, um, I have a, my best friend just, you know, recently had a child and he's kind of dealing with those emotions of just how it changes you, how it changes the pattern of your household and the relationship with your wife, just all these things. Right. And so I think to, you know, it is to be commended the fact that you took on a challenge like that, because a lot of us just, we show up to work in nice clothes and we're, you know, dad bod workouts are our way of life. And you're, you know, athlete to the highest level fighting in the UFC in the top 10 against the top five guy uh, trying to, you know, very you know, certain set of challenges there that you took on. And, uh, the fact that you kind of came through it the way that you did, I think is, is to be applauded. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And that's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, well, this isn't going to be easy. So sign me up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it's exactly. I just saw it as a challenge to overcome and, you know, I did overcome it. I didn't get the result I wanted, but I overcame the challenge and I yeah. did it. So, yeah. I'm going to be better because of it. And, you know, we're going through that transition phase, like you said, of just trying to figure it out, but I, we're getting there, you know, I feel yeah. like we kind of understand now we finally, again, I have structure again. I have a training schedule uh, before I would, if I felt like training, I go to the gym and it, then it throws my wife off because mm-hmm. she doesn't know. It's like, now I have a, you know, pretty good structure again, which is yeah. necessary. How has it changed you 
in a day-to-day sense? Um, I mean, do you find yourself thinking different thoughts, becoming a different person because you have a, a child now? A little bit, but I'm, I'm this, I still feel like I'm the same person. Yeah. I, I don't feel, I mean, I feel you have to simplify things in life. Like, well, okay, what really matters? You know, yeah. I have my wife, I have my son, I have my family. Okay. Now how can I branch out from there? And like, I mean, there's different ways to look at it, but like, okay, what's, what's next after family? You got your state of Hawaii. That's important to me to represent. And then like, it's like, you're, you can only, you can't change the world. Like just starting with the world, you got to start internally then start with your, your family and then start with your, 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 your community and then your state. And then you're kind of like, that's kind of how I'm, I'm looking at it. Yeah. Like if I really want to break it down, cause you start question. I, I question myself a lot in this, um, this time off, like, like my why and this and that, like, why am I doing this? What am I trying to do? How am I trying to make a difference? Am I just another fighter? Am I just another face? Like I want to, at the end of my career, I want to have done something that, you know, made me a little bit different from, from, from the rest of the pack and not, you know, not, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a struggle because a kid should change you. You have a child and if you're raising an infant, you know, all these needs and different things, a lot of people are like, I don't want to change who I am. And it, you can do both, but it is a, it's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle in the first months to be like, I do have to be different. I have to behave differently if I'm going to be a dad now. I can't yeah. do whatever I want on the weekend. I can't do any of this, I'll, you know, but I still, want to, I, I still want to feel like who I am. Yeah. And so who, and so then you really got to simplify it. Like you said, it's, yeah. it's tough though. Yeah, no, definitely all that has changed as far as like, I can't just get up and go like, and do what I want. Right. Everything's on a, on a schedule. It's on a plan. Like I know when my wife's doctor's appointment, I know she's got a scheduled target time. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, all good things for her mental health, you know, right. Right. It's, it's, uh, I mean, this is a team effort. So, ah, man, life is good. It is good, man. Well, I'm glad to, uh, I'm glad that you've come out of this, this funk and, uh, and onward. Um, on our last episode we did together, we talked about how when you fought on Dana White's contender series, um, oh, well, you didn't get the contract that night. And then several months later in New York City, you get the contract, uh, you know, in a bar with Ali and, and uh, Hunter. And uh, your first reaction was, now we got to work harder, right? I thought that was so cool that it's it's tough to have that reaction. Um, How did you manifest that? Like since, cause now you got experience now in the UFC, you fought a handful of times, you've been here for a handful of years. How did you put those pieces into place to work harder? Like, what do you think you've done to, uh, to rise to, to where you've gotten to? I just honestly, pretty simple. I just never made excuses for anything. I showed up on time. I try to go to, I try to be open-minded and I'm still very open-minded to just learning from people. Like I learned from everyone I could, um, when I was working a lot for Ali, I would, you know, I got, I was fortunate enough to train with, you know, high level guys like, like 
Frankie Edgar and Khabib and Justin Gagey and Cody Garbrandt and Kelvin Gastelum and all these guys, like I got to kind of like pick their brains and, you know, what works for you? And okay, let me try that. What works for you? How's it, what's your mindset like going into, or what do you eat fight week? What do you do fight? So I like kind of, that's how I learned. That was my way of getting better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did that for the, as long as I possibly could. And at the same time, I'm physically working hard because I'm running around doing jobs, running errands, going to train, going home, have to eat good. I have to be a husband, go back, do the same thing every single day. So yeah. like built like this crazy mental endurance um, that like, that's how I learned. And now I have a little more like, I feel like I'm at a point in my career where I can simplify it a bit you know i have a kid now that's brought in more structure to my life to i can't just go dick around and do this and that but i can plan it out in a very um you know uh i can't what's that word yeah not structured gonna, way yeah in a structured way uh schedule very, yeah so i just kind of i just do that now you know i focus on the little things like back to the basics you know what made me good in the first place let me reinforce those basics. Let me reinforce that, that structure, the hand positions, like the little details I think are going to make a huge difference. Um, you know, at that top five echelon, cause I know I could fight my, I could fight my ass off. I could fight anyone. Yeah. Put me against champion through 15, through the whole entire roster. Like I'm going to put up a good fight with anybody, but the difference between winning is going to be the little details and securing rounds and, so that's that's my main focus now as far as getting better. I still I'm still in this to get better because mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm not getting better then I'm you know I should probably retire but yeah. I, I still have the mental the mindset of of getting better. What did you take the most from Habib? I feel like I mean his his work ethic, he worked he you know he always worked really hard. Like, what did you see him? What do you remember seeing him do that sticks in your mind when you think about it? Yeah, he did. He grappled. He, I mean, from a physical standpoint, this guy grappled like every day. He never, he never not grappled. Like, even if he sparred, he grappled after. If he's running that day or doing strength and conditioning, he's grappling that day or wrestling. Like, he did a lot of grappling. I mean, what stood out from him more so was just his mentality you know he never changed when he became a champion he he kept working hard he kept showing up to the gym he um never made excuses he was always on time so like those little things like just showing up on time um eric says it well like if we show up five minutes late every day like within those five minutes if we're doing drills i don't know how many reps you might get in in, in five minutes but it might be close to 50 reps in five minutes of whatever we're doing. One, like a combo. Mm-hmm. If you add, and he put in a good perspective, but if, okay, now take that 50 times five days a week. Now, now you're looking at, you missed out on 250 reps because you showed up five minutes late. Um, and then over the course of a year, times that by 52, I don't know the math, but yeah. 52 weeks in the year, that's a shit ton of reps that you missed out on because you're five minutes late every day. So, you know, Khabib was someone that was always on time, which he put in those repetitions and he took care of his body. And 
So that's something that I took from him. Now I want to be at the gym five minutes earlier because maybe I can get in a little better warm up to take care of my body or, or get in five more, 50 more reps. Right. I don't know. I, I think that's probably the mentality. Stuff that isn't glamorous. Yeah. So that's a part of the best. Yeah. You never, there was no special, like, you didn't do any special moves or like, yeah. The holy water train with the special coach. He was just there because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's day one. Since we spoke last, when was that? 2019. Uh, I mean, in terms of this setting of a podcast episode, um, what do you think that you have learned the most about yourself in terms of uh, things that you find important that lead to success? I mean, for for me, it's always been my my mindset. Um, I've I've always stayed true to my mindset, even from day one, before way before the UFC. Way when I first started my career, my MMA career, and I put a goal in my head that I was gonna get to the UFC. Like that was my goal at the time. Yeah, and I had you, you know, I had family doubting me, I had friends doubting me, like because I wasn't the most talented guy, but I was like. I made a goal, like I'm going to do it and I'm going to, I'm going to work at it until, until it becomes like, it becomes a reality. And I believe that and I never lost a belief. So to this day, like I carry that mindset, like I have the goal to become the champion. I'm going to, I'm going to die trying. Like I, I really am. And I, I put that in my head, but, and I get the same type of doubt, like, oh, you can't, you got smoked by Cater. You see what Max did to Cater? Like you can't be the champ. Like that's like stupid people with what stupid people. Right. Would say, you know? And it's just like just little things and people nitpicking. Oh, you got smoked or you lost to Barboza. Like, okay, cool, man. I'm, I'm just going to keep getting better and keep working, keep getting better. And like, so I've always used like that doubt as fuel kind of. And, um, but that was, that was just, that's just my mentality. I don't know if I'm straying away from your question, but, um, I never really changed, but I just stayed true to my mindset and stayed true to my, my beliefs and my goals. Yeah. I really believe if you, if you have a realistic goal and you work at it, you can achieve it. Um, and I, I, I think it's good to set high standards because, you know, we might set a goal that's too low and you get there and it's like, man, I should have aimed a little higher. Yeah. So, um, I always set the, you know, the highest pinnacle, like I want to be the champion and that's my goal. And, um, it's, it sucks. Cause it's funny. I, I, I wrote down in my notes, I, I should pull it up, but I was, I wrote down UFC champion, December 31st, 2021. But I wrote that goal in like 2017. Okay. And I, uh, going into that zombie fight, I was like, wow, like this is really lining up. Right. Like I'm right there. I win this fight. I could fight for the title in December. You never know. Like, yeah, exactly. You really never know. Um, so yeah, I think a goal with a deadline is important, but the deadline also shouldn't determine like, okay, I missed the deadline. I'm gonna give up now. Right. So, you know, we have to go back and reevaluate those goals and, okay, why didn't I achieve that in this time frame? Like, what do I have to do different and, you know, make those small skews and decisions in the right direction? So that's, 
I think it's very, um, it's good to be very, very clear about goals, but very, very, very flexible about how we get there. Yeah. You know, like I want to be the champion by the end of 2021. Cool. There's a lot of people that want this, this and that, but you know, allow yourself to be flexible. Like, okay, there's a lot that's out of your control in that equation. Yeah. But you can certainly stay on, on your thing to get to your goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but anything specific in terms of like any, like things that you've learned over the last, let's say six months or a year or something like always open-minded, always looking for new ways to learn or new ways to think or that sort of thing. Is there anything that's happened to you recently? Sometimes you go years where you just kind of, I'm always, on your trajectory, but you know, look, I'm always trying to, you know, be better. Like, I mean, I got a, I got a sauna. You see this sauna? I got, a Oh, sauna. you got the, you got the barrel kind of messy. Yeah. I got the barrel, but just little <laughs> things like how, how can I be better? Like, how can I be a healthier person? Like, okay, let me, let me try sauna every day for yeah. 25 minutes, a hundred 90 degrees mm. yeah there we go or 190 yeah mine mine gets about 190 ish 25 minutes at 190 is badass yeah. dude so that's my new challenge i'm trying to get at least one session a day and then i'm hitting three my my ice bath is set at 36 right now and is i is that in the garage no it's in my backyard yeah i'm i have a sauna too and uh i need to get the ice I, need to yeah, get the ice I, I built one. I mean, they make some nice ones, but I did it the cheap way. I just built one from a chest freezer. Yeah. I've heard of that too. So, you know, little things like that, like that's something new that I incorporated into my life. I've always kind of done it here and there, like jump in the sun or jump. Yeah. In the but now I, I try to make it like a, it, it's a mental challenge. Like, you know, when do you ever just want to get in the ice bath? Like never. So that's a mental challenge because I thought to myself one day, like, I didn't want to get in the ice bath. And I was like, why? Like, I'm thinking to myself, why? Because it's like, because it's hard. And I was like, okay, that's, I got to get in. Now I made that conscious thought because it's hard. And if I don't do it, I'm a pussy. So I got to get in it. And now I'm a little bit better. Like, that's how I see it. That's, that's money in the bank in the mental bank and the physical bank. So I don't know, just little things like that. So yeah. I sleep. Um, those are all physical things. Uh, yeah, but no, they're mental because um, I've been reading a lot of uh, books by this guy, Joe Dispenza, who, you know, is a doctor, really neuro neuroscientist, kind of, you know, studies the brain body connection, a lot of that stuff. And he goes into how our, our, our body mind and our thinking mind and whatever. And so what your body was thinking is I don't want to get in the ice because your body does not want to just jump in an ice bucket. Yeah. Um, but that's your body telling your brain. That's not your brain saying you don't want to get in the ice. That's your body wanting to feel certain feelings. And yeah. so if you can consciously control that and kind of uh, adapt it, you have the ability to, he wrote a book called evolve your brain. You have the ability to feel differently because you want, you want upstairs controlling the rest of you, not the other way around. Yeah. You know, because also you want to eat a bunch of salty foods or a bunch of sweet foods. That's because your body just wants those hits. Yeah. But really we know that that's not what we should have a lot of, you know? And, uh, so I thought of the ice bath too, cause we all know like 
cold showers are good for you. Who wants to get up in the morning, jump in a cold shower? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that, but yeah. you got to control it. So it is something that really will help you uh, from a mental standpoint, even yeah. though it kind of manifests itself as a physical thing. Definitely. Yeah, no. So that's something in the last six months that I've kind of incorporated into my daily life, not just yeah. an occasional thing. I want to try to hit it every day if possible. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Here's a question I'm going to borrow from Tim Ferriss. If anybody knows who Tim Ferriss is, he's a, he's an author and a podcaster or whatever. He asked some questions on his podcast and he asked one, uh, what is something that you believe to be true that most other people think is absolutely insane? <laughs> uh, I'll let you go anywhere you want with this, yeah. you could also leave out anything you want. But I just thought that was an interesting question that I came across this last week. Something that I believe to be true that everyone else might think is insane. Just, you know, uh, just like, you know, something that uh, goes, flies against conventional wisdom, you know. Uh, like 5G towers. <laughs> what, oh, 5G? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, not into, yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that too. 5G coming up, invading everybody. Yeah. Aliens. I don't know. Are you an, are you on the aliens? No, I, I'm not a big, like... I mean, I, I think UFOs are real. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to turn this into a conspiracy podcast, make <laughs> you say anything you're not comfortable with. I think yeah. a healthy mindset to have in those regards though, is uh, to know how much we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's a shit ton. I don't, I'm I mean, honestly this, like, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of upset at myself. I don't like read a lot of books or like know a lot about history. Actually, I just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a loser. I, just, I got you. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Again, we can come back to the fact you're reading a hell of a lot of baby books. Yeah. You know, yeah. your time's consumed by a little blue truck and, uh, you know, bedtime stories and all that stuff. The kids driving me crazy. I just like, I say the weirdest stuff and sing lullabies <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm a, you're like, I'm a fighter. I'm supposed to be tougher than this. <laughs> Do you enjoy it though? Some people don't enjoy it in the first months. Uh, no, I try to find, I try to find the joy. I mean, it's hard. It's super yeah, hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it's like, I can never be mad at the kid. Right. So I do enjoy it. I yeah. actually, you know, I remember, um, when my son was very little, it was just like, this is supposed to suck sometimes. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge that you'd rather be out doing something than changing four diapers a day. It's supposed oh, yeah. to, it's supposed to not be your favorite thing of all time every second yeah. of every day but it's part of it and then on you know if you can embrace that you can embrace it for the whole experience that it is you know Good point yeah and that's true so i that's all man I, I don't like i take being a dad serious but i don't take it like so serious that like it's going to condemn my life like I, right you know, i love it and i i love my son and i want him to have a good life so i you know i just try to enjoy it and i want to obviously have to be a role model. So I try to set those, you know, good intentions and good morals and good and work ethic and mentality and just try to live it. Right. So therefore he can see by my actions and that's all I can really do. I think. There you go, man. Well, keep learning on that. Keep your head up. What's uh, what's next in the fight thing. If you're just getting back into it, what do you expect? Yeah, I'm, I I talked to Sean a, a few weeks ago. I just I told him. Uh, I mean, I, I was injured for a little bit after the fight. I um, tore my tendon in my thumb and banged on my wrist a little bit. But 
got healthy. I told him I was healthy. It was clear to train. I'm taking it slow. Um, you could see me. I, I will, I will be ready to compete by December at the earliest. If not, I'm not in a rush. Yeah. Um, I know unlikely, I, unlikely we see you again this year then. Maybe, maybe December. Okay. And if not December, then next year. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to fight earlier than that. I don't, I don't feel I need to. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. My fam- I'm financially stable. My family's good. Um, I'm just, but I'm still improving and I have, you know, I have a lot more work to do. So. So when you get up in the rankings like you are, though, then all of a sudden the pool of matchups becomes a lot smaller. Do you yeah. have Do you have names? Uh, it could really be anyone. I mean, most of the people above me are matched up currently besides, like, the guys who just fought Saturday Night, Giga and Edson. Um, I think Giga just moved up above me. Um, Well-deserved, too. That was an awesome fight. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, you got, you know, a couple guys below me, like a Bryce Mitchell or a Movsar. There's like, I don't know, there's a bunch of good fights yeah. out there. I'm not really too picky. And at this point, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't really matter. I just, I feel like I just need three good wins again to kind of be back up in the top. So right. opponents for me. I'm not going to try to sit out and wait for number seven or yeah. So it's in a way the rankings are like, just makes make you a little delusional or make fighters delusional. I feel that. And, um, I don't want to be that guy. So I want to, um, you know, I got to be smart about my career, but I I don't want to be the guy that just, I don't know. I see my babies out there that don't want to, you know, and then, they, and then they wonder why they can't move up. And it's just like, well, you haven't, you know, you're yeah. trying to cherry pick it. Do you rep yourself talking to Sean? I do know. You yeah. do. How, how, last, I just want to touch on this a little, a little bit. How's that sure. going to rep yourself? Yeah. Uh, Obviously you learned from Ali and you were rep by Brian Butler for a long time. And yeah. So, I mean, a little history, like, yeah, like you said, I, I worked for Ali for, and I still do. I still do little things here and there. Like I still have a part of a small role in dominance, but yeah. not much anymore. I can't do what I used to and right. do that and be a fighter. Like yeah, just, exactly. So my, my job is very minimal, but I, um, it was after the Gavin Tucker fight. Um, I was going into a new deal, but I, uh, you know, I, I, I had a good talk with Brian. Brian, Brian's always done good by me. Never did wrong by me but my loyal like i wouldn't say my loyalty but my ali was the guy that mentored me ali was the guy that introduced me to brian in the beginning so i learned i learned with him like i i was doing all the a lot of manager work you know from the sidelines and behind the scenes and learning the ropes and watching him do high level negotiations with Hunter and, and Sean and Mick and, and other promotions and Bellator and PFL. Like I saw how he kind of ran his business from, from the outside. And, you know, I took, there's obviously little things I, maybe I would do different personally and things I would take from him that I think are great that he does great. And then, but yeah, I, you know, I had a talk with Brian after and I, I told him, I just kind of wanted to use my tools that I've been, putting in the work. Yeah. I've been putting in the work for years and, you know, 
if I'm ever going to do this, maybe as a job in the future, 50 K entertainment. Um, uh, <laughs> I heard that one day. I don't know. I, Puna told us that might happen. Uh, I don't know if I ever do what's, you know, I want to start with myself. I want to negotiate for myself. So, you know, I, I did negotiate a great contract for myself going into the zombie fight. And, you know, it was obviously a little nerve wracking. That was my first time I've talked directly with them and did it for myself. But, right. um, I think, you know, it, fighters will respect that in the, in, in the later days when, when I can't fight anymore, but they're going to see a guy who's also fought at the highest level, who's negotiated at the highest level. And, you know, I, I think relationships is key, like knowing your fighter and having a great relationship and staying in tune with what, whether you win or lose, especially the guys who lose. I think those are the guys like you got to kind of stay close with because we can get lost. You know, so many fighters get lost and for someone who hasn't fought, they might not be able to understand that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's important and just little things, man. I'm just trying to, I don't know. I feel like I've always kind of managed myself, but um, I just never really had the balls to do it. And now I'm just, I got to be a man, you know, things are different in my life. I got a kid. I got to, I got to do what's right. I got to, you know. Take the next step. Yeah. So when's the official launch party for 50 K entertainment? I, you know, I thought about it. It's like, I could, I could do something now, but I really, um, it would take away. It would, it would splinter. It would take away. And yeah. And it would be unfair if I, if I manage people now, like I almost, you know, a couple of people have actually reached out to me. Um, I just feel like I wouldn't be able to give my best because I'm, I'm still focused on myself and they respected that. And it's yeah. coming. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Um, I'm excited. Hey, we got to hit the skate park at some point. Oh, definitely. I see. Yeah. You got your pad. Dude, I'm padded up. I have to be. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, though. You know, you're taking on a new... Taking you, on a new thing, man. And uh, knowing that you and uh, Juliana Rosa and Michael Chiesa, all these fighters that are boarders, what I should do is we should um, hit a skate park sometime and bring some cameras, and I'll put that on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm down. Just let Make me it down. happen. All right, bro. I love skating. That's my uh, one of my first dreams. and first things, right? Yeah. Uh, Dan, big fan of yours, man. Can't wait to run into you again. And uh, thanks for taking the time, man. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Anytime, man. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking soon. Looking forward to the return of Dan Ige to see who he matches up with uh, when it is, maybe early 2022. Uh, we'll just have to see how it shakes out, but always a pleasure to talk to him. Um, his wife grew up on the same street that my wife grew up on in Hawaii. So that's my ultra strong connection with Dan Ige from the same street up in Haleiwa, Hawaii on the island of Oahu in the North Shore. So um, I actually ran into Dan Ige's brother-in-law, Sky, who uh, is always in his corner and makes frequent trips to Las Vegas when I was back there at the beginning of August. So uh, that connection is strong, and that's why I'm such a big fan of him in addition to the way that he fights and the way that he approaches the fight game. And yeah, we talked a little skateboarding at the end there. I have to get out there and get some pointers from him. I, If you don't follow me on social media, I bought a skateboard about a week after my 39th birthday in august and i said screw it 
This looks like something fun to learn. I don't know why. It's not like I've always wanted to be a skateboarder. I didn't skateboard when I was a kid, um, but I needed to get off my butt. Needed to get outside as the weather cools down here in Las Vegas, find a new hobby since jujitsu gyms are not exactly where I want to go and roll around with a bunch of strangers these days. And, uh, you know, running and cardio and straight workouts were kind of getting boring. So I said, let me get on a skateboard and try to figure it out. Like I said, Danny Gay, Julian Arosa, both live in Las Vegas. Kiesa makes frequent trips here. They're all skateboarders. Maybe I'm missing some other uh, fighters slash skaters and I'll learn from them. But it's all about learning people. It doesn't have to be skateboard. For me, it's also piano. I urge you to keep learning. You know, you, you wait all your childhood to get out of school and then eventually you come back around and you want to learn a bunch of new stuff. And in this day and age with YouTube and with unlimited resources online in terms of how to learn stuff, I encourage you to keep learning. It'll keep you young. It'll keep you happy. It'll uh, fill your heart with accomplishments and uh, make you believe that you can do anything. All right, that's going to do it for this episode with Dan Ige. Special thanks to him. I have a, an interview lined up with Devonte Smith, who's coming back to the Octagon in early October. He's a big personality, and he's a big power puncher in the UFC. So looking forward to the next episode with Devonte Smith. Look for that two weeks from today, if you're listening, when I released it. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening to Fitz Nation. Talk to you next time.